hello and welcome to the Hindus Pale, the podcast on issues of current significance. Today, we discuss the contentious issue of NEET in the context of Tamil Nadu passing a bill in the Assembly seeking to exempt the state permanently from admitting students via NEET. And we have with us two very vocal and very um, committed people in Tamil Nadu's public health uh, arena. We have with us Dr. Amalor Pavanadhan, who used to head the uh, cadaver transplant program and uh, led it on to find success when he was at the helm. Uh, he was also he also served in the government service for many many years. We have with us our second guest today, Dr. Suman C. Raman, who is <clears throat> a doctor and he he's a public he's a health specialist as well as a political analyst. Both of them have been very vocal on social media, recording their very, very convincing positions while Dr. Amalor Pavanadhan speaks against NEET. Uh, Dr. Suman takes the position that um, NEET has its own advantages. Let me give you a small brief before we begin the conversation. The decision... Uh, to pass the bill on the basis of the AK Rajan Committee report, which claimed that NEET had undermined diverse social representation in MBBS admissions. TN has been stridently opposing NEET since its inception in 2013, and while other states too opposed it initially, they seem to have come to terms with it. TN remains the only state to carry on with its opposition to the entrance test. There have been protests on the streets, not to mention the bills in the assembly, tragically, student suicides as well. Uh, I'd like to open this out to our speakers today. Let's start by addressing the question, what is precisely behind Tamil Nadu's continuing opposition to NEET? Why has no other state continued with opposition to NEET? Is it simply a question of politicking or ensuring social justice? Maybe we will have Dr. Amal, please. Thank you very much, Ramya, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, you were asking what is so unique about Tamil Nadu. Tamil Nadu, as well as the previous Madras state, as well as the previous Madras presidency, as it was then called, had always been unique. We were the first one to demand uh, reservations based on caste. We were the first one to demand uh, property rights for women. We were the first one to go for very progressive legislations like remarriages of widows. We were the first state to fight for uh, state autonomy when no other state even thought of uh, such things. Therefore, Tamil Nadu had always been unconventional and uh, very progressive in looking at several social issues. Therefore, NEET is also one of them because it uh, seeks to assert the state's uh, federal right on education and running its uh, medical institutions and selecting candidates. So, I am not surprised that uh, Tamil Nadu took the issue of uh, 
uh, erosion of state federal rights very seriously and i think rightfully so other states also if they commission a study like what uh, honorable justice rajan's committee did if they commission similar reports in the in their own respective states collecting such exhaustive data i am very sure they may come to very similar conclusions therefore uh, uh, this argument that uh, tamil nadu is uh, separate while all the rest of the states supporting neet doesn't uh, cut ice tamil nadu had always been progressive had always been looking at things differently uh, if i may tell you it is the dissenters that uh, seeds so that so seeds of progress either in politics or in science or in every other field therefore this sort of dissension is in fact good it should be seriously studied and if it is relevant it must be encouraged thank you dr amal uh, now we'll have dr sumanth on you might have to unmute yourself there are there are two three um, issues which we have to look at when we go into the background of why a common entrance exam becomes necessary um the reason fundamentally is that different states have different um boards for education all of them are not necessarily benchmarked against each other and while some states have stringent um uh, criteria uh, in terms of the syllabus and so on some other states do not so the thinking came that for certain areas like professional courses typically medicine engineering law and so on there needs to be a common entrance test which needs to be prescribed now many states had common entrance tests including tamil nadu from the mid 80s until 2006 i think tamil nadu also had a common entrance test but uh, subsequently uh, in 2006 if i remember right the dmk government on coming to power scrapped that test and went back to the 12 standard um result as the uh, only criteria in fact when the entrance test was there both the entrance test and the 12 standard marks were being considered each one was being given a particular weightage and a system which seemed to be perhaps reasonably fair was invoked then the government said let us scrap the entrance exam altogether so that led the situation where the 12th standard marks became the only criteria and uh, what was found across states was that the syllabus was not uniform and therefore it was becoming an issue and the government of india then decided let us have a common uniform entrance test which is called neet now by the way the concept of having a common entrance exam was a decision taken by the upa government of which the dmk was very much an integral part in fact when the decision was taken the dmk was part of the government of course the difference was at that time the modalities or the mandatory nature of this exam had not yet come into force in fact it was said that some states could adopt it and some states need not adopt it but the concept of a nationwide common entrance test was taken by the upa government in which the dmk was part so to say that uh, you know um, we have we got nothing to do with neet and we never accepted neet is not quite correct of course at that point neet was not mandatory so that might have uh, been one of the reasons why they supported it uh, when it came up now the second part that point that we have to uh, understand 
is that the previous system and i think the ak rajan uh, justice ak rajan committee report is a is an uh, is a shiny example of why an entrance test like neat is probably necessary in fact i i don't think that uh, justice rajan um, has uh, sort of uh, thought of this possibility that a lot of the data that they put out as part of that report actually supports neat and uh, the wrong inferences that they have drawn the kind of assumptions that have come out i think today you have seen that uh, dr balaguru sami had put out a note as well he was scathing in the way the assumptions and conclusions of the ak rajan committee report um, have turned out to be so look let us face two things nobody is saying neat is 100% fair but you have to look at it in the context of the earlier grossly unfair system which was deemed as social justice where 220 students could get admission from one school and where one district which had coaching schools could get 976 out of 1000 out of 3000 seats almost 25% of seats in the state or close to 30% was being cornered by about 8 to 10 schools so the first point is which the government does not accept is that the earlier system was grossly unjust unjust and therefore you have to view neat not as a 100% fair system but you have to view it in the context of the earlier system the unfortunate part is the government of tamil nadu today maintains that plus 2 exams are infallible it is the right way of evaluation and that the earlier system which for instance gave cbse students 0.11% of all mbbs seats was a just and fair system so that is the problem you had an extremely unjust system which is been replaced by a system which is certainly nobody's argument is it is 100% perfect at all not at all there are areas for instance tamil medium students need to be brought up to speed so there are areas in need which is which are unfair which is why people like me it always ask the tamil nadu government please seek a 3 year or 5 year exemption use that time to provide coaching to students revise the syllabus the previous government revised the syllabus to bring it up to speed but unfortunately it became a political issue and once it became political it has continued to be used unfortunately for political objectives rather than academic ones right i think uh, you know i uh, really like the way this debate is going because we are clearly on both sides of the uh, uh, the, the the polar ends of the spectrum as it were and um, it's a it's, it's a good sign um i would uh, you have both the speakers have mentioned the ak rajan committee report um, which has recorded the impact of the conduct of neat in the state for instance um the data has pointed out to um, a lower absorption of particularly first generation graduates tamil students and rural students uh, into mbbs courses do you think individually that the report has been fair to the actual position in the state whether it is pro neet or anti neet maybe we should start with uh, dr sumanth this time ramya with with uh, due respect justice rajan uh, i am not very i am not even very sure that uh, he has uh, 
you know, applied his mind to the data which he says was provided by the government. Um, for instance, 99% uh, of all students under uh, who got admission in MBBS underwent NEET coaching. Um, on what basis this data has come from, only the Lord knows because it is not mentioned here. And apparently, um, I was told that there has been an interview which is due out, uh, I think, tonight or tomorrow, where Justice Rajan has completely distanced himself from the data uh, part of it, saying that the data has come from government and we just took it, including this 99%. So if that is the case, then the government is duty-bound to explain where it got all these numbers from and supply to, Dr. Uh, to Justice Rajan. Now, the Justice Rajan com uh, Committee report is, a, is deeply flawed. I mean, I think that that by now uh, has become quite apparent to everybody that, uh, that uh, cherry-picking has been done of the data. The classical example being government school students who got admission in MBBS. The data is only given from 2014 and not from 2010 as almost all the other data has been given. And the reason for that, which we subsequently found out, is that the number of government school students, um, uh, government school students getting admission in MBBS have started dropping from 2010 itself when there was no need. So there are serious concerns that the data has been selectively put out and it has not uh, been an attempt to actually understand the issue. The biggest concern with the um, uh, with the data is the fact that the outlier data of 2017-18 has been used to justify all kinds of conclusions. The data starts to things start to return towards the pre-need levels from 2019 20, 2021. 2021, of course, there was a 7.5% uh, government school students reservation, which the AIATMK government gave. But even if you take 1920, that part has been completely left out by uh, uh, the honorable uh, judge. And the biggest concern I have, and this is on the basis of what I've heard, um, you know, reports which, which are coming out regarding the interviews which he has given, is that this data analysis part has been taken from the government and that is a matter of major concern because if the government is actually the source of the data analysis then the government has to explain where this data came from i'm not questioning the data of rural or urban and things like that i'm questioning this 99 percent uh, coaching now uh, the other areas, for instance, where the uh, uh, absurd conclusions have been drawn. So the CBSE students have now claimed 26% of all seats, whereas earlier they were claiming 0.11%. Now, you will also have to look at the number of people who applied, right? Now, in 2010, 484 CBSE students applied for MBBS. Three of them got it in government colleges. In 2020, 9,400 plus students have applied. So, is it not more logical that when the number of state board students remains more or less constant or starts to go down and the number of CBSE students goes up 20 times, that the number of CBSE students getting admission is likely to be. These have not even been factored in. I mean, it is if this report is given to any statistician, and I sincerely hope and pray that the Tamil Nadu government does not embarrass itself 
by actually taking this report to any court of law, you won't need a Nalini Chidabaram or an Abhishek Singhvi or a Kapil mm -hmm. Sibal to rip it to shreds. Any two-bit lawyer who probably passed his law exam last year will take it to the cleaners. So I would sincerely advise that the Tamil Nadu government do not does not take this report to any uh, you know senior or judicial forum because it will be uh, it will make its case for uh, uh, scrapping need much weaker than what it was. I could go on. I put out a tweet with 20 points there. Look, the first thing, the percentage of students who have been clearing the NEET exam from Tamil Nadu has been increasing year after year after year. Even that is not mentioned. Now, when you are trying to do a study, which is ostensibly objective, what should you have done? You should have published percentage of Tamil Nadu students who passed NEET from state board, from central board, 2017, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20, that data itself is not there. Why is it not there? It's extremely inconvenient data because the percentage is increasing year after year. And the normalization towards pre-need levels, that is the biggest message that is coming out of this report. That things are slowly but surely getting back to the pre-need levels after a very abnormal first year and an abnormal second year. From the third year, things have started to normalize. That is the message which is coming out. Any half-decent statistician will tell you that. But the uh, committee does not even talk about that. So I think uh, this committee, I think this report uh, can be safely, uh, uh, you know, taken out of the equation. If the Tamil Nadu government insists on um, uh, pushing ahead on the basis of this report, only God can help them. Uh, Dr. Amal, we need you to come in on this. Uh, you have already spoken about the assault to federalism. Do you think there has been a problem with diverse representation in MBBS, as the AK Rajan committee has uh, mentioned? Ramya, I must confess that I have not read the 165-page AK Rajan committee report yet. What I have read is the data point put out by the Hindu. The data point is not just... Uh, a routine report of any meeting. A data point consists of analysts who take the report, analyze and take the salient points and publish it. It clearly says that the Sources Justice Rajan Committee report on NEET, NFHS, Rural Health Statistics, etc. Therefore, I believe that the statisticians of the Hindu who manage data point would have definitely done their homework before putting it as a data point. Otherwise, they would have just put it as A.K. Rajan's report. Now, that data point takes five parameters. Percentage of Tamil medium students, percentage of state board students, percentage of rural students entering government medical colleges, percentage of repeaters, and percentages of, percentage of first generation MBBS students. By whichever yardstick you look at it, all the five are, are flawed. They don't seem to encourage poor rural first-time students studying in Tamil medium getting into medical college. The statistics, uh, as uh, Suman said, may vary a little bit here and there. But has the core issue been addressed? Is there something fundamentally wrong with the AK Rajan committee report? Or one or two data errors are there? That we will have to clarify. I believe Hindu would have screened the data very seriously and then only they would have published it. Therefore, I would take this to be authentic and I stand by this. And according to this, 
there is a serious flaw where Tamil medium students cannot enter, state board students cannot enter, rural students cannot enter, only repeaters get more seats and the first generation MBBS students uh, uh, enter in a very low percentage. So this is what the data shows and this is what I would go. As I said before, even if all these are corrected, even if all these are corrected, still I would oppose NEET because of the larger question that NEET takes away the state's rightful federal right of running its medical institutions and selecting students according to the healthcare needs of the states, according to the requirements in its PHCs, taluk hospitals and district hospitals. That is the main uh, predicated uh, level from which you will have to start selecting your students, not just academic intelligence alone. The academic intelligence must be subservient to the social needs. Uh, may I quote two relevant papers? Uh, one paper is from New England Medical Journal and one from Lancet. Both have analyzed these questions very critically. You know the impact factor of Lancet as well as New England Medical Journal. This New England Medical Journal issued February 28, 2019. The, it talks about the entry checkpoints to medical programs and how they affect diversity, namely class and race of selected students. This is the article in NEJM. The salient points are these. One, there is a growing evidence that minority patients report better communication, greater satisfaction and better adherence to medical treatment when they are cared for by racially and linguistically concordant physicians. Number two, medical schools can prepare a workforce to care for socio-economically divided, racially and ethnically diverse populace by redoubling their efforts to recruit applicants from underrepresented groups. To do so, however, schools will have to, please note this Ramya, schools will have to fundamentally change the way they evaluate applicants. Number three, in the current era of medical school expansion, the growing gap between racial, ethnic, socioeconomic makeup of medical school classes and that of the general population means medical education is slipping further out of reach for many poor and minority students despite the effort of many people and institutions. Lastly, academic leaders, this is what the paper says, should address structural barriers within their institutions that limit the success of students and faculty from and, and who are academically superior in terms of marks alone. Now I will go to another paper in Lancet, another equally uh, famous uh, uh, medical uh, uh, journal. This was in 1995. It's called Time, to, Time for a Review of Admission to Medical School. It studied two groups of students in uh, Australian University. One is those who got 99.9% .9 like our NEET achievers. Another is who got 60% but who took a year uh, of course in uh, say music or took a course in European history or traveled around Africa etc. And at the end of five years under internship they did a double blind control randomized control study on these two groups. What are their key findings? Number one, 
our results suggest that there is reason to question the adherence to selection criteria that favor both admission of predominantly male students to medical school and those who are academically superior in terms of marks alone. We found no correlation between secondary matriculation scorers and internship ratings, although the rate of scores was restricted to the top 10% of high school certificate candidates. Number two, there was no difference between students admitted with very high academic marks and those selected on composite entry. Three, if doctors are to be drawn from wide areas of the community to reflect the needs of the society they serve, this study supports further research into the selection of students traditionally disadvantaged by current admission policies to medical school. Thus, Australian Aboriginal students, those from remote rural areas and those from lower economic social groups who have difficulty obtaining the very high marks required for traditional medical school entry would have a greater chance of admission. The last, this is very important, uh, Ramya, the question for future research might then become how low, not how high, the academic threshold for entry to medical school can be set to maintain high quality intern performance. There is some evidence to su support the contention that the marks required for entry into medical school can be lowered substantially before the study of medicine becomes too demanding for motivated students. These are just the two landmark papers from two landmark uh, journals I wanted to quote. Therefore, uh, I would uh, conclude by saying that merit alone is a very, very bad indicator for selecting students. That too, a single point entry, all India single point entry like NEET is a very poor uh, criteria for selecting students. Besides uh, these uh, uh, research findings, it takes away the federal rights of the states. That, that is why NEET has to go. Right. Uh, thank you so much uh, for that summation. Uh, I think uh, one of the key issues that we have to look at and that has been bandied about much in the discussion about NEET, both within Tamil Nadu and outside of it, is the issue of the standard of state board education. Um, it has been repeatedly uh, uh, you know, quoted uh, that the standard of a state board of education is not good enough. Um, the standards are, you know, are varying. And um, it has been recommended that the state boards have to up their game. Um, also consequent to this, and we cannot uh, forget that, is the whole aspect of coaching centers. If the schools were able to deliver, um, would students actually need to go to coaching centers. Uh, is this even a possibility, do you think? Uh, Dr. Amal, we will start with you and then go on to Dr. Suman. Yes, I find uh, uh, this uh, comparison of uh, state board to central board saying state board promotes uh, learning by rote, whereas central board encourages uh, analytical thinking is uh, very superficial. This is not based on any scientific study that I know. This is being uh, spread around by, by some, uh, like a prayer, like litany. It has no organic basis, no scientific basis. It has not been tested and proven so. The best way to do is take 100 students who entered medical college through state board. 
take another 100 students who entered medical college through CBSE, both from the same medical college. And at the end of five years and house agency, you test these groups randomly in a double-blinded control study and find out who has more analytical capacity and who has less. That will conclusively tell you that state board is no way inferior to the central board, CBSE board, when uh, students uh, go through these five years uh, uniform course. Therefore, we should not go by such untested, untested uh, views that are prevalent in the society which have no scientific basis at all. Therefore, I don't accept this view at all. State board is different, central board is different. They both uh, test different capacities of the students, that is all. Just because one student has one capacity, it doesn't mean he lacks the other capacity. This has not been tested and it is not good to keep on propagating this untested myth. Right. Uh, thank you, Dr. Amal. Uh, now, can we have Dr. Sumanth on this issue, please? Um, before I go to this issue, um, I want to again uh, uh, sort of state that uh, the the flaws in the A.K. Rajan committee report are not uh, minor um, observations or minor data inconsistencies. The entire report is deeply flawed, particularly the conclusions that it seems to draw. I mean, that is what is really the concern. The data that has been put out does not match with the conclusion that this gentleman um, and this committee has come out with. So I think that it is oversimplification um, to say that uh, there are some minor data errors or there may be minor data inconsistencies. The entire report is deeply flawed and that is why I put out 20 uh, questions which uh, I'm hoping somebody will be able to answer as to uh, uh, you know how this, this committee came to this kind of conclusion based on the data, which itself does not support these conclusions. Never mind. Now, let's go to the question of state board versus CBSE. Now, the point, I agree entirely with Dr. Amal that we should do such studies. But unfortunately, we are extremely averse to doing such studies. A study where you benchmark students from CBSE who got in and students from state board who got in at the end of five years, Academically, where are they in terms of that is why the government uh, wants to have an exit test at the end, which is again being strongly opposed by uh, uh, many of those who oppose NEET. So the government says now for, for you know, for, for uh, that the NEET PG is only a temporary exam. It is not a permanent exam. It is going to be subsumed by a, an exit test, which is exactly what Dr. Amal suggested have a test at the end of five years, which can benchmark these students um, as to their suitability for post-graduation and so on, which is exactly what the government has planned. What, and hopefully that exit test is scheduled for 2024 or something. I don't know the exact year, but NEET PG is only an interim arrangement. Now, the state board syllabus promotes a particular type of learning. The central board syllabus promotes analytical uh, reasoning and so on. Now, the question is, it is not for us without evidence, either for Dr. Amal or for me, to say A is superior, B is uh, not superior and so on. That will come only through a study. But the point that we need to understand is the state board students who were getting MBBS seats before need were to a large extent from coaching uh, institutions slash coaching schools. 
from say namakal district where i had pointed out one year 976 students got admission with 220 students from the same school these are people who have paid the same 2 lakhs 3 lakhs etc that those who oppose need are stridently agitated about because of the need coaching centers charging money there is no and in all fairness that is why i feel that the uh, justice rajan committee did not do a proper job because in all fairness they should have pointed this out as well that students getting through state board and getting 99.99% were actually paying 2 lakhs and 3 lakhs to study in these coaching schools now that that school itself might have doubled as a coaching institution but for all practical purposes the 2 lakhs had to be paid so the point is not whether state board is better central board is better and so on i agree entirely such studies have to be done to do this benchmarking but in the absence of such studies we need to understand that the earlier system was also flawed which unfortunately those who oppose need are not willing to do they are talking from a perspective saying the earlier system was perfect and need is completely imperfect which is not the case that is my simple submission and we need to really look at the acer report which says that a fourth standard um, student i mean an eighth standard student in tamil nadu is not able to read fourth standard text eighth standard student is not able to do a simple division somewhere we need to ask ourselves whether the quality of education in the state board is adequate or not this is not what i think or what somebody else thinks this is a report which has been commissioned which is done year after year which you also know ramya is the acer report and it says that the learning outcomes in tamil nadu are abysmal now we can say that no no we are the best and we don't need any certificate from any or any body or any organization but this these are unbiased reports now we can choose to ignore them and say no no this is all rubbish we know very well but that's not the way how anything works based on evidence if there is something that we need to correct we have to see first whether that acer report is telling the truth if it is telling the truth they have compared all the states and though tamil nadu has such a high gross uh, you know ger and we have such high quote unquote literacy rates the education outcomes engineering graduates you know this uh, uh, they were deemed to be vast majority of them were deemed to be unemployable now we say lakhs of students from tamil nadu are getting but that is a problem across india it's not just a tamil nadu problem so we have to first accept if there are issues if we do not accept and say that we are the best we don't need anybody to tell us anything and we can do whatever we want and we are the greatest in the world we will never make progress. right thank you and uh, also uh, you know uh, appreciation for bringing in the acer report i think which is a key uh, sort of element uh, in um, evaluating the state of our education in the country today we can move on i suppose to the next point again uh, it stares us in the face and this is something that um, everyone has been asking is that whether the current situation is an impasse now the question because it is a bill that was passed in the house in the assembly um it becomes a constitutional issue um at this point of time education is on the conference list and um, 
allowing the central this allows the central government to legislate on it so is this an impasse do you see any possible scenarios that suggest a way out of this because we know that the aia dmk government has tried hard and the dmk bill um, is rightfully very similar to the aia dmk bill and perhaps that's the only way forward but do you both see any possible scenario that can pull the state government or the union government out of this impasse even as both retain their own positions uh, we can start with uh, dr sumanth yeah um honestly uh, pramya i don't see uh, a possibility of this getting um, reversed um this uh, meet first of all there's got to be an extremely good reason for giving one state an exemption so even if hypothetically the um, presidential assent is obtained this will be challenged in court so i i have no doubt in my mind that uh, it will be challenged in court so i cannot see um, this bill passing muster first of all getting presidential assent now if it doesn't get presidential assent what are the options obviously the option is to go back to the court and the court has already there are no there are no major pending cases on the on the um, uh, constitutionality of neat there was you will recall uh, ramya the case which the cmc velour and other minority institutions had um, filed in the supreme court which challenged the constitutionality of neat for minority institutions and the uh, court has uh, dismissed that their petition so uh, this happened i think in april 2020 so right now there is no major case pending in the supreme court about the constitutionality of neat which is for all practical purposes what the the uh, draft bill is uh, uh, attempting to sort of circumvent in some way or the other so honestly if you ask me i i cannot see but you know uh, this is a land of possibilities we have seen supreme courts um, change uh, judgments on some, on on a, on a on a particular case over a period of time we have seen governments do political deals which can facilitate this kind of thing happening now you know for instance tamil nadu is the only state that enjoys 69% reservation how did that happen at that point of time ms jailalitha managed to push it through and get constitutional protection for uh, 69% in tamil nadu so nothing is impossible but do i think it is probable no i don't think i think it is improbable that this bill will get presidential assent and even if it does will stand the scrutiny of the court which means that neat is likely to continue um at least in the near term i do one does not know what will happen after 2024 if there is a new government what will happen and so on but that's all uh, hypothetical uh, thinking so in the near term at least until 2024 i do not see neat um, disappearing and for that very reason uh, you know if the government took a pragmatic stand a don't make false promises to students saying that we will abolish it for next year until you get a written order saying that neat is not going to be held please don't make false promises to students second as long as neat is there ramp up the coaching in government uh, um, centers 
for the NEET exam so that our students are not handicapped by having to go only to private coaching centers and pay a lot of money. So if you really want to help the students, as long as NEET is there, it is the duty of the government to make sure that as many students as possible, especially those from weaker sections, have the uh, infrastructure and the full governmental support to crack the exam. That These are the two things. The third thing is until, you know, the, the, uh, please do not politicize NEET suicides. Suicides due to NEET are a tragedy. Suicides due to any reason are a tragedy. And this politicization going and giving 10 lakhs compensation, 5 lakhs compensation. Tell me, Ramya, 955 students committed suicide in Tamil Nadu in 2018-19. How many of those students received 5 lakhs and 10 lakhs compensation from the government? Why is this kind of politicization and selective um, uh, thing being done from political parties? Whether it is the government, I'm not saying the government is giving compensation, but political parties are giving compensation. Why are they doing that? Are they giving compensation for all cases of suicide? So this is something which has to stop. And adequate counseling should be done. Students should be told, don't worry if you don't get, um, if you don't crack need this year, you have two more opportunities. And even if you do not want to waste a year, you want to go on to something else, there are a hundred career options which are available. So this government should be encouraging students enabling students to do their best rather than you know making false promises and politicizing the unfortunate tragedy uh, in terms of suicide that some students resort to so this is what i think ha needs to happen do i think need need will be scrapped uh, within the next year or two i don't think so thank you so much and um, again for bringing into play the whole suicide aspect that has been a very very troubling a part of this whole debate. Um, Dr. Ramalotmanathan, would you like to come in now? So before coming to the fourth question, I'll just take uh, uh, one minute about the previous question. I proposed a research study uh, to see how CBSE students as well as state board students fare at the end of a medical curriculum. But the proposed exit exam is not a research study. It is a harsh unilateral bureaucratic uh, measure forced down the throats of uh, unwilling states. That should not be done. Let them do a pilot study and then if it is uh, acceptable to other states, they can uh, spread it to other states rather than imposing it blindly. And uh, Sumanth also agreed that the present system is also flawed. So one flawed system should not be replacing another flawed system. Uh, now I come to the question that you asked about uh, the future. Yes, I have a strong belief that the president might give his consent because this is an extraordinary situation where both houses of the assembly has passed resolutions now and during the previous regime too. Therefore, in a democracy, people's voice cannot be taken lightly. I think the central government in all its wisdom will accord consent to the bills sent for its favorable uh, acceptance. It is like what uh, Suman said about 69% reservation. It is also something like what we achieved in Jallikattu. Uh, ultimately, uh, democracy has to uh, 
uh, accede to people's genuine legal rights and legal demands within the framework of constitution of india number 1 number 2 there is another high court case uh, demanding that uh, education be brought back to stateless i do not know how the honorable courts will view this let us wait for the judgment and even if the judgment goes against uh, the parties can still go to supreme court and uh, ag agitate the matter before supreme court and full bench etc therefore there is a long legal way ahead there is a long uh, uh, democratic way ahead a legislative way ahead above all everything i think in democracy people's voice and people's representatives voices have to be respected and tamil nadu definitely rightfully uh, request the central government or expects the central government to respect the democratic sentiments prevailing in the state of tamil nadu right excellent um, thank you so much uh, dr ramal and uh, dr suman i think we have brought on to this forum the multitude of issues if it were even possible to bring them all on one particular platform i think we have managed to do that in this parley i would like to thank both of you uh, for sparing your time to be part of this parley thank you so much for this it is our pleasure ramya to have uh, taken part in this uh, parley and uh, as i said yesterday i will say this today also such a lively and convivial discussion uh, without uh, any high decibels <laughs> right uh, thank you dr suman as well just one point we we respect uh, each other and uh, we agree to disagree agreeably so i think that that's what has the has been the spirit of this discussion ramya the only thing that was lacking was a coffee mug yeah <laughs> we'll uh, remedy that uh, soon thank you so much thank you very much and good night